I'm Bishop Sherman Young. Each week, the Word Break podcast answers questions about God, faith, and other spiritual issues. Here is this week's message. But I want to invite you to Psalm 139 and along with that, Matthew chapter 12. Psalm 139, Matthew chapter 12. At Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. And I need a little room to preach this. Examine me, O God, and know my mind. Would you say my mind? Yes, test me and discover my thoughts. Would you say my thoughts? Find out if there is any evil in me. And guide me in the everlasting way. Hear it again from the New King James Version. Examine me, O God, David says, and know my mind. Test me and discover my thoughts. And find out if there is any evil in me. And guide me in the everlasting way. Now the Orthodox Jewish Bible renders that and see if there be any torturous, crooked road in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. So he is not talking about evil from the standpoint of sin in his heart. But something in his mind that is causing him to not gain victory in life. Something that is holding him, binding him, restricting him. Some darkness inside of him. And so the Orthodox Jewish Bible says, search me and see if there is any torturous, crooked road inside me. And then change my direction to the everlasting way. I like to couple that with Matthew 12 and 43. It's a parable that Jesus tells. Matthew 12, 43 says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. And then the unclean spirit says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. And then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. So it shall be also with this wicked generation. And so in Psalm 139, search my mind, know my thoughts, see if there is any crooked in me, see if there is any evil in me. And then Jesus tells the story. Of such a man. The wicked way. The evil way. The torturous crooked way. And the Hebrew word. That actually means. Any way of grief. 
see if there is anything in me that is grieving constantly and causing me to not walk in the life that God has provided. The way of grief, uh, the ways which lead to grief, which involve some bitterness in the soul, provoked perhaps by some sudden change in life, Maybe somebody died or you got bad news from a doctor or there's been some breakup or something from your childhood that's causing you to have problems now. Uh, Causing severe punishment in your life. A way of grief. When you talk about grief, grief is deep, deep sorrow. Especially the kind of sorrow that's caused by death of someone or something. When you talk about grief, you're talking about anguish, uh, pain, distress, heartache, heartbreak, agony, torment, suffering, woe, uh, some desolation in me, some dejection, some despair. And of course, you're talking about covenant people, not unbelievers, But believers who don't have joy, believers who are not living in victory, believers who are being tortured day in and day out because of something dead on the inside, uh, a skeleton in their closet. Dead things leave skeletons. It's amazing that when something dies, the flesh deteriorates over a matter of days. But the skeleton can live for centuries. When you go to a museum, you see the skeleton of creatures that once roamed the earth still intact, but the flesh is gone. And sometimes in life, the things that happen to us, long after they have happened, we're still carrying around inside of us. The framework, the skeleton, the hatred, the bitterness, the regret, the guilt, the heartache that's on the inside. The flesh is gone, but the skeleton remains. And so in prayer, God is asked by David to turn the light on in his mind. He said, Lord, search my mind. Because the mind is the front porch of the soul. The soul consists of the mind, uh, the heart, and the will. The mind is how we think. The heart is what we uh, feel. And the will is what we desire. And the battle with us has something to do with deciding whether to do what you feel or what you desire. And the mind has to do with how you think, how you think about yourself, how you think about God, how you think about life, what you think about the word, what you think about faith. Even the word repent means change the way you think. Not change your ways, but change your mind. Because thought pattern precedes behavior pattern. If a person is going to behave right, it starts when they think right. If they behave badly, it's because they think badly. And David said, search my mind. 
and see if there is some leftover stuff inside of me that needs to be dealt with. Maybe it happened last year or 10 years or 30 years or 40 years ago. But the skeletal remains may still be inside of me. So uncover my deepest thoughts and see what's wrong inside of me. And only God can do that. And Jesus teaches in the parable that there is the presence of a certain man with what he calls an unclean spirit. And so these spirits, and when you talk about spirits, spirits in the Bible are not always demons. The word spirit has to do with attitude. It has to do with response. It has to do with the way we respond to things, the way that we handle things. It has to do with the mood or moodiness that we may be in. When a person says, I'm in good spirits today, they're not talking about demons. They're talking about their attitude, the way they feel. When you say a person has a bad spirit, you're not talking about they have demons inside of them, but rather their attitude is bad. The way they serve is bad. The way they treat people is bad. The way they do their business is bad. They have a bad spirit. And the man is tortured or tormented by something inside of him. Some evil, some unclean spirit. And when you talk about unclean spirits and connect them, it is a darkness that is inside of a person. And no matter how long you've been saved, no matter how prayerful you've been, you can still have something inside of you that's holding you down. Something that needs to be dealt with. Something that you have never opened up and shared. Something that you don't even pray about. You don't even let God in on it. Because it's something you have carried around with you year after year, decade after decade. Maybe it was an abuse when you were a girl. Or maybe it was a beating from parents who were untrained in how to parent. Maybe it was a father or stepfather that always discouraged you, that always talked you down, that always said you'd never be any good or never amount to anything. And after all these years, that curse is still over your head. There is a darkness. There is a darkness, an unclean spirit. Would you say unclean spirit? And unclean spirits are rooted in hell. Now when you talk about hell, there are different definitions for the word hell. First of all, in the Bible, in Luke 16, hell is a place. It's a place that Jesus talked about. It's a place in the underworld. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Luke 16 that two men died. One was rich and the other was poor. When the rich man died, the Bible said, in hell, he lifted up his eyes. When the poor man, Lazarus, died, the word says he was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. And so in hell, that is a place where the rich man lifted up his eyes. There are some in some churches that suggest that hell is not real. But they will find out someday how real it is. Hell is a place. I said hell is a place. 
Hell is a place where people or souls of people go in the next life. Hell is a place. According to what we read in Luke 16, it's a dark place. And at the same time, it's always on fire. So the fire of hell is not like the fire of earth. Because the fire of earth sets off light. But ain't no light in hell. And yet the fire still burns. Don't go to hell. Tell your neighbor, don't go to hell. No, you don't want to go to hell because the Bible said there is a torture in hell that is perpetual. It never ceases and never stops. There is a darkness that is forever. There is a torture that is forever. There is a fire that is forever. And then there is forever the weeping and crying of other souls. Don't go to hell. Don't go to hell. And the truth is, people think that the devil lives in hell. I don't know if he's ever even been to hell. Because the Bible said that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. So he doesn't live in hell. He has set his throne in between heaven and earth. And since as Lucifer, he could not go above God, he fell to the earth. Adam sinned and Satan took over that dominion and put his throne between man and God. And so there is no devil in hell. Some people think that the devil can send you to hell. I don't know if he even knows where it is. The devil doesn't send people to hell. And God doesn't send anybody to hell. And sin doesn't send you to hell. The only thing that will send a person to hell is unbelief. Some people say, well, what if, you, what if, what if you're a Christian and you've been saved, but then you sin and then you, then you die before you can pray and repent? Listen, sin don't send you to hell. Because at Calvary, Jesus paid for sin. He paid for sin past, sin present, and sin future. I wish I had a Bible reader. That understand what Jesus did at the cross is a finished work. That when he saves you, you're saved. You may have some sinner problems, but you're still a saint. You may have some issues in the flesh, but you're still a saint. You may be a carnal saint, and the word carnal appears in 1 Corinthians 3 from two different Greek words, ekos and enos. One means you're willfully carnal, and the other means you're weak and carnal. But either way, you are a carnal saint. You have to be careful about calling people hypocrites, because a hypocrite is a liar. They profess what they don't possess. They say they're saved, but they know they've never been saved. But sometimes you have saints that don't live like saints. I wish I had some help. When you got saints that don't live like saints, the Lord knows how to deal with them. But sin doesn't send you to hell. And people say, well, no, uh, preacher, you got to pay for your sins. Well, let me ask you, where do you make that payment? And how much do you pay? No, the sin debt has already been satisfied on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross and the reason Jesus went to God 
Golgotha is for my sins. And had I been the only sinner in the world, he still would have died on the cross. Because when he died on the cross, his blood shed at Calvary paid the sin debt for all mankind. So God don't send you to hell. You send yourself. Sin doesn't send you to hell. You send yourself. And the only way to send yourself to hell is to not believe that Jesus is the only begotten son of God. I wish I had a witness here. You can't escape hell by being a good person. You can't escape hell by being a charitable person. You can't escape going to hell because you're nice to the homeless or you feed the hungry. None of that will get you into heaven. The only thing that will get you into heaven is Jesus Christ. The only thing that will keep you out of heaven is not believing in Jesus Christ. And if you're not accepted in heaven, it ain't but one other place for you to go. So there's a place called hell. But then hell is also a state of existence. It's a negative situation. Uh, Somebody said war is hell. Others have said suffering is hell. Uh, Prison is hell. Agonizing is hell. Sometimes don't you hear people talk about their life and they say, whoo, I'm catching hell. Or some will say, I tell you, I did the best I could, but I caught hell. Then some will even say, I'm just living in hell. Hell synonyms are misery, torture, agony, uh, anguish, uh, wretchedness. Some people say, I've been through hell. And when you talk about hell in this message, it has nothing to do with the statement that people make, but rather the fact that hell can exist inside of us if we don't let the Lord turn the light on it and heal us from it. I wish I had a witness here. See, the truth is the devil cannot take you to hell because you're saved. But he will do his best to give you some hell while you're on this earth. And God wants his children to live in victory. Does anybody know that? God wants his children to live the blessed life. To be blessed and highly favored. Has anybody read the Bible? God's will is that we do well. That we prosper. That the joy of the Lord is our strength. But lately, I've met too many saints that don't have any joy. They're going through the motions. They say amen in the right places. They stand up when they're supposed to stand in church and sit down when they're supposed to sit down. They give their money, pay their tithe, but their life is not experiencing the victory it ought to have. And if your life is not a life of victory, if you're not enjoying your journey on the way to heaven, there's something inside of you. You need to ask the Lord to turn the light on. Because the truth is God doesn't want his children to suffer. He doesn't want us to be struggling day in and day out. Yes, there are seasons when we go through struggle for a purpose. Yes, there are seasons when God uses struggle in order to strengthen us. But it ought not be every day. 
You ought to have some joy in your life. I wish I had a witness. That's why when I come to the house of God, I put my joy on full blast. Deliver me from a person that will sit up in a worship service with a frown on their face. So depressed, so wrapped and tied up in bondage, you can't clap unless you're forced to clap. You know, I like clapping as much as anybody else, but some churches, they got the people so trained to clap. As soon as everything starts, they clap, not because they've got the joy of the Lord, but because that's what you're supposed to do at that point of the service. The truth is, you ought to learn how to clap on your own. Without being told to clap, when to clap, how to clap. You ought to have such joy that you get so involved in what God is doing in the worship that you throw up your hand and receive every blessing that goes by. I said we need some joy in the church. I said we need joy in the church. Some churches have no joy. It's kind of like the man that got uh, some meat from a butcher that was going out of business and he didn't have anything to do with it. And he asked his neighbor, do you know any place I can store this meat where it will stay cold? And the neighbor said, take it up to the church. That's the coldest place in town. <laughs> you know, some churches you got icicles hanging from the amen corner. I wish I had a witness. Frostbite in the pews. The sermon is cold. The worship is cold. If anything ought to be motivating to a child of God, it is the public worship service. And I pity anybody that asks this sorry question, well, do you have to go to church? What kind of child of God would ask, do you have to go to church? No, it is a privilege to come to church. It is a privilege to walk into this room and be in the presence of the one that woke you up this morning and yesterday morning and day before yesterday. It is a privilege to worship the one that lets you use your eyes and he puts his vision inside of them. Every time you breathe one breath out, he shoves another one down your throat. It is a privilege to come into God's house and say thank you to God. No. But you ought to have joy. Can anybody say joy? But there is a torture that can happen. There's a torture in your mind. And that's why you see sometimes saints get addicted to things. They get strung out on things. They get caught up in substances. They get caught up in perversion. They're trying to find some joy. Not happiness. Joy. Because happiness is based on the same word as happening. You're happy based on what's happening. You ever ask anybody, hey, what's happening? You know, they always said nothing. But joy is of the Lord. Happiness is of what goes on in day-to-day life. And when you talk about joy and the soul and the dark place, if there is a spirit inside of me that needs to be dealt with, I need to turn it over to the Lord. So I'm, I'm about through. I want to talk about the house. I want to talk about the hell. And I want to talk about the healing. 
Because listen, Jesus said when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, or when he is evicted, would you say evicted? Yeah. When he is thrown out, cast out, expelled. He said the unclean spirit, watch this, walks around in the wilderness seeking rest and finds none. You see, he can get in a man's heart and do his work. An unclean spirit in a man's heart can cause a man to fight another man can cause a man to be in disagreement with other people. An unclean spirit in a man's heart can cause division at the church. It can cause trouble on the job. But out in the desert, that unclean spirit couldn't get a cactus to turn on another cactus. He couldn't get a scorpion to turn on another scorpion. That's the stuff that people do. I wish I had some. People will turn on one another. People will be disagreeable, will be hateful with one another. People will say mean things to one another. People will set traps for one another. People will backstab one another. People are two-faced with one another. He couldn't get any work out in the desert. So Jesus said, the unclean spirit said, shh, ain't no happenings out here. Watch this. I will go back to my house. Dare you devil. To call a man's heart. Your house. When did you make a man? When did you bow down. Over the dust of the earth. Shave it in your own hands. And breathe. Breath. Into its body. When did you stand him up on two feet. And give him a law and give him a land. When did you commission him and give him dominion? How dare you, Satan, call a man's heart your house? But but once the devil or an evil spirit gets a grip on you, he doesn't want to let you go. I wish I had some help here. That's why you got to be careful where you go, who you go there with, and what you do while you're there. I know you think that you're above it all, but the truth is you're subject to catch something that you can't get rid of. I hear some people saying, I'm a child of God. I can go in anywhere and go back out like I came in. You don't never hear me say that. Because there's some places I know I don't need to go in because if I go in, I ain't coming out like I went in. Places I used to go, I don't go no more because I know better. Oh, I wish I had a witness here. I ain't telling you I don't want to go. I'm telling you I'm scared to go. You don't need to be in some environments. I wish I had some help. You don't need to be around something. When young people go off to college, they don't need to sit around playing with Ouija boards. And other things that are driven by Satanism. All books aren't good to read. And all movies aren't good to see. And all music is not good to listen to. Because all the devil wants is a toehold. If he gets a toehold, he'll grab your foot. If he gets your foot, he's going to get your ankle. If he gets your ankle, he's going to get your leg. And when he's got your leg, you will walk with a limp because you won't be able to serve God like you ought to serve him. 
The devil said, I'm going back to my house. And in the Bible, humans are typed as houses. Paul says, 2 Corinthians 5, if this earthly house or tabernacle be dissolved, I have a building of God not made with hands. You don't see me up here. You see the house that I live in. I wish I could help somebody tonight. While some of y'all trying to be so shame about stuff on your body, it ain't nothing but a house. And the truth is, on the open market, this house is worth about $3. When you take all of my skin, all of my flesh, all my muscle, and auction me off at the auction, you might get three fifty dollars for me. Ain't it amazing what we do to dress up $3.50? We spend $500 for a suit to put on $3.50. $100 for a hat to put on $3.50. $400 for a pocketbook that don't have but $5 in it. Hanging on a shoulder worth $3.50. $80 for a weave sewing or gluing on a head for $3.50. I wish I had some help here. Ride around in a $50,000 automobile to transport $3.50. And since the recession, I think we've come down to two seventy-five. dollars House. I'm going back to my, can you say house? But you know the thing about a house, every house that's of any size has rooms dedicated to certain purposes. You got one room for sleeping, another room for cooking, another room for eating, another room for recreation, another room for entertainment, another room for uh, the restroom, another room for storage. It's got a basement. That's a house. The story is told of a man that got saved and he invited Jesus into his life or into his house. And he was showing Jesus through the house. He said, this is my living room, and it was all nice. And he said, this is my dining room, and it's all nice. And he said, this is the kitchen, and it's all nice. You know, those rooms people usually keep in order. I mean, after all, you go to some folk house, if you judge the whole house by the living room, you think they were the cleanest folk in town. I dare you to go one room past the living room. Bed ain't been made, dust all over the nightstand. I wish I had a little help around here. Clothes on the floor and kicked under the bed. When they clean up, they got to go up under the bed to see what's there. Oh, everybody in this church tonight got a clean living room. Look at you. You look so holy up in here. Look at you. You look so righteous. Up in here, look at you. If I judged you by your living room, I think you were somebody. But let's walk up the hall. 
And the story says as Jesus was going up the hall with the guy, Jesus saw a room with the door locked. He said, what's in that room? The guy said, no, 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 that's, that's personal. No, 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 that's, that's, that's personal. That's personal. After, you, you, after all, you know, everybody do a little something wrong. No, 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 that's, that, that's personal. That, that's my area. I, I don't do this and I don't do that and I don't do the other thing, but now you ain't going to mess with that, Lord. Because on Friday night, I go in that room. Saturday night, I go in that room. Sunday after church. Oh, I don't have no witnesses here. Now, I'm trying to stay nice and not call out anything that's going to make you say ouch so if you just kind of pray with me we'll keep your secret up in here but if I need to start going down the list I know where to go what's that skeleton in your closet and how many you got in there some people have so many they had to clear out another closet and start putting the milk in that too the house is full and you know what the bible said jesus said you cast that spirit out see that's what happens when people come to church and get saved but then they disappear see you can get clean but empty the truth is, we're not supposed to major in church membership. We're supposed to major in Christian discipleship. I don't have any help here. We got too many churches just signing folk up, but ain't teaching them nothing. You're signing them up, but you're not building their faith. Churches are signing them up so we can brag about how many we have, and we've got a church full of clean but empty. I wish I had a witness here that understood that getting saved is the beginning of your journey. It's not the whole journey. And this guy got delivered. You ought to shake his hand. He got delivered. He joined the church. He's in Sunday school. He's singing in the choir. But empty. He's ushering at the door, but empty. And the thing about us is we're good at pulling folk in, praying for them, but we ain't got nothing to follow up with them. I wish I had a witness. You see, yeah, you can get people off the street, lay down their crack pipe, come on in the church, but if they don't get full of God, they're going back to what they know. So, well, well my, my son, he's coming to church. You better make sure it's deeper than that. Pastor, I, Pastor, I just, I just want my, I just want my daughter to just get off the street. I just, I just want to get saved. Well, that's right. But after she gets saved, she's got to fill up with the word. 
You know why? Because Jesus said, when that unclean spirit can't get no happenings in the desert, he said, I'm going back to my You ever wondered why your son went back on the street? Why your daughter went back on the street? You ever wonder why your cousin, your niece, your nephew didn't stay around? Because whenever the spirit leaves, he's going to always come back and check you out and see what's going on. Don't you see him tip up on the porch and look through the door? And nobody's living in that house. And he turns around and says, hey! Hey, come on! All you dudes out in the wilderness, I, I know this guy. We can move in here. And where you had one spirit, seven more have moved in, Jesus said. More wicked than that one, and now you got eight. Um, why didn't this guy get some furniture? Why didn't he get a high boy of hope? Why didn't he get a table of testimony? Why didn't he get a cabinet of concern? Why didn't he get a hardwood floor of faith? A dresser of divine grace? Why didn't he get a bed of blessing? Why didn't he get a lamp of love? A chair of cheer? Why didn't he get a television of triumph? Why didn't he get a couch of care? Why didn't he get a carpet of compassion? Why didn't he paint it? With praise, trimming in trust, underpin it with understanding, secure it with the spirit. Why didn't he water his lawn with the word? Why didn't he shutter his windows with worship? He came, he got delivered, but he didn't get full. One evil spirit brought somebody. What you trying to say? Here's what. Here's what, here's what Reverend's trying to say. Maybe there's one thing in your life you have not dealt with. And maybe you open up to God, God move it, but then you don't invite the Spirit of God to take over your life. You know, the truth is, church, when you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit. And when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't get no more Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is a person. No, when you get filled, that means he's got more of you. I don't have a witness in this house. That means that you have said to God, I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I want you to lead me in the way everlasting. I want you to fill me with your power. I want to serve you with my whole heart. Not come to the Lord and say, Lord, if you bless me, I'll serve you. Lord, you ain't got to do nothing for me, but I will do everything for you. And what happens is, if I've got this, this unclean spirit, say this unclean spirit, and I don't, I don't get full once I hear the word and it goes away, it brings seven others. And I got seven spirits with me tonight. I'm a guy that's been crushed. Maybe in my childhood, maybe in my past, maybe in my background. I'm a child that's been crushed. Look at me. Don't I look crushed? And I came to church. And something wonderful happened. But I didn't follow up. And the church didn't. And now look at me. 
I had one thing, but that evil spirit went and got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You see, let's say it was shame, embarrassment. I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed. You know, I, I something happened that makes me have low self-esteem. And but when I when I when I heard the word, I gave it up. But I didn't fill up. I didn't submit to the authority of the church. I, I didn't listen to my pastor's teaching. I didn't study the word. I wouldn't come to church school. I wouldn't learn. And guess what happened? That spirit came back and brought seven buddies. Oh, I don't have a witness. If you ever wonder why some folk are just, you know, messed up from the flow up. Look at these spirits. Let me see what I got up here. Jealousy. Fear, lying, depression, confusion, lust, and rage. See, I, my initial problem was low self-esteem. But look at all my problems now. You ever wonder why some folks so jealous? I wish I had a witness. You ever wonder why some folk are so angry? You ever wonder why some folk are so lust-filled? Have you ever wondered why some folk lie and lie and lie some more? Have you ever wondered why some folk got fear, depression, confusion? Have you ever wondered what's wrong? Something happened to hurt my self-esteem. My mother didn't believe me when I told her that that man touched me. That coach did something to me. I got beat every day of my life because my parents didn't understand the difference between punishment and discipline. And it made them feel powerful to take straps and plant switches together and take extension cords. I wish I had some black folk that grew up where I grew up. Back then, they'd hit you with anything they got their hands on. It made me, it, 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 it drove me to low self-esteem. And now, look at me. I'm a mess. Gather around me. I'm surrounded by this evil. Look at me. Look at my life. Look at the hell inside of me. Lying is hell. Depression is hell. Jealousy is hell. What you got, baby? Fear is hell. What do you got? Confusion is hell. Confusion is hell. Confusion. Lust is hell. What do you got? Rage. Look at me. And this is my posse. And everywhere I go, they go with me. So when you going on the internet looking for a boyfriend and I show up at the restaurant, guess who I brought with me? Oh, I don't have a witness around here. Everywhere I go. When I come in for the date, here we come. When you kiss me, 
you kissing all of this. When you marry me, you married all of this. You wonder why we can't get along? Look at us. All of us are sitting at the breakfast table with you. All of us are riding in the car with you. All of us. Let's go to church now. You wonder why some folk in the choir raise so much hell. You wonder why some won't submit to authority. You wonder why some stand outside and talk about everybody. Look at what walks into the church. So you take me, you got to take all of this. I wish I could help somebody. And the truth is, we get connected to people and don't even realize. And then we say, Pastor, I don't know what went wrong with him. He changed. No, he didn't change. No, because let me show y'all what I can do with my posse. I can sit them down when I get ready. I can sit them all down when I get ready. But I dare you to brush me the wrong way. I dare you to say something to me I don't like. I dare you to disagree with my idea. You know what I'll do? I'll call them all back up. Because this surrounds me. This is what's protecting me. This is my defense. Seven of us. More wicked. And look at the different sizes of them. Some of them are bigger than other ones. Because the Bible said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. Those are different size spirits. And depending on who I want to be out front, I can make that call. It just depends on what kind of day I'm having. I'm through, but you know what we got to do? Get rid of them. Because what Jesus came to do was to deliver me from the body of this death. Death, skeleton. The body, Paul calls it, of this day. Everything down here leads to destruction. Oh, I'm not saying that I ain't saved. I'm saved. But I got a mess going on in my life. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Y'all back up right here. We got to get rid of y'all. Got to get rid of y'all. But you know the thing is, folk decide what they want to drop and what they want to keep. This is the one always get counsel first, depression. I'm not depressed. Go! Got rid of him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fear. I heard the preacher preach the other Sunday, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. Fear, go. 
And I've been causing confusion. I've been causing confusion. Everywhere I go, people don't even like to work with me in the church because they call me an agitator, a troublemaker. They say I'm a controller. I try to control everybody. Go! Mm-hmm. Jealousy. Oh, yeah. I, I don't like it when certain folks. How come she got to sing all the songs? Mm-hmm. How come Rev always calling his name? Mm-hmm. Well, how come I never get on program? Because the truth is, the Bible said we're supposed to prefer one another. We're supposed to provoke one another to good works. But the truth is, there are some people that have the spirit of Cain. And Cain was a brother killer. He killed his brother over a disagreement on how to worship God. And some people in the house of God are always killing their brother. Oh, it ain't that loud. She ain't got to do all of that. Oh, it don't take all of that. Oh, they need to sit down. Then sometimes they jealous over looks, money, and marriage. Sometimes a new member and an old member sit next to each other in church. And the old member said to the new member, now you just joined this church. You, you stick with me. I'll make sure that you're taken care of. And then Sunday by Sunday, they said, now, now, now you just sit with me now. So the new member sitting there and the deacon get up and make a talk. And the new member say, hey, amen. The old member say, Mm-mm-mm, don't do that. Mm-mm, you don't know him like I do. Mm-mm. They sitting there and some soloist sing a song and the new member say hallelujah and the old member say oh, 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 no, don't do that she been married three times. <laughs> jealousy. The number one spirit that binds ministry is jealousy. Go. <laughs> Lying. And you can lie by telling a lie and then you can lie by not telling the truth. Oh, I wish I had some help around And then you can spread gossip claiming you're doing it for the right reason. You come in the prayer meeting, I think we need to pray for Brother Cornbread and Sister Cornbread. I'm not at liberty to discuss what's going on with them, but they need our prayer. Well, you just put it out. You can live a lie. I wish I had a witness. You can look a lie. You can test a lie. You can prof a lie. Go. A lie won't tarry in my sight. Lust. Now I got to be careful right here because I might get on somebody's street. But sometimes in an effort to make ourselves feel better about ourselves, we try to make somebody else feel better. Because that makes me feel like I've accomplished something. So I end up giving myself away to almost everybody who asks me. Because that makes me feel like I'm important. I wish I had a witness here. 
But just because somebody compliments your looks don't mean they got any respect for you. Just because somebody wants to get with you, hook up with you, be with you, it doesn't mean that they mean you any good. I wish I had a little help. And you got to be careful that you don't let the devil lead you into thinking that if somebody admires you, that they have admiration for you. Lust. Go. I got one left, but that's rage. Anger. I don't want him to go. You know, some people brag on how bad their temper is. Jace Calloway used to say, anybody that brags on their temper is admitting they got a streak of insanity. You go to court, the judge said, how do you plead? Not guilty, your honor, because I was mad when I shot him. When you're mad, you claim you do things out of your control. I'm going to keep you because you know why? Sometimes you got to let Negroes know that you don't take no mess. Oh, I'll pray, I'll preach, and I'll sing. But if you cross me, I'm going to let you know right now. You going to get off of me? I'm going to keep you. Now, the rest of them, I let them go. But me and you, we got this thing under control. Say anything to me I don't like. I repented from my sins, but I've not repented from cussing. Oh, I don't have a witness around this church. Don't you see how church people do on Facebook? They leave church on Sunday morning and go on their Facebook page. We had a glorious time at church. Oh, the pastor brought a great word. All the music was wonderful. And by Sunday night, the same person on the same page calling folk out of their name by four-letter words, using every curse word they can think of. If you just go up four hours ago, they were talking about hallelujah. Oh, I don't have no witnesses around here. If there's any tongues we need to be talking in, it's a tongue better than cussing. I'm keeping you. They crossed me on my job. Me and you. Okay? They crossed me in line at the government office. They don't send my check on time. Me and you. They mess with my child at the school. Me and you. Oh, I'm through. I'm going to let you go. But listen, folk love to hold on to rage. I'll set you straight. Sometime that best my bubbles up in me. I'm through, but I got to let you go. Go! You know how you get delivered? One way to get delivered. I need somebody to say the blood of Jesus. You know, the truth of the matter is that the word of God brings us liberty. Because the word is the son of God. 
And the Bible said those whom the Son set free are free indeed. And then the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so no matter what's going on in your life, the word is the answer to your dilemma. And no matter how dark the spirits are that seek to control you, the answer is in Jesus. He is able to clear out your soul and fill you with the Holy Ghost. You know what the song said, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me whiter than snow. No other power, no other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. His blood can save you. His blood can cleanse you. His blood can heal you. His blood can deliver you. His blood can seal you. His blood is able to save from the guttermost to the uttermost. Whoever you are, God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have, have everlasting life. Yes, he's able to deliver you. He's able to set you free. He's able tell him, search me, Lord. Search me, Lord. Turn the light from heaven on my soul. If you find anything that shouldn't be, take it out and straighten me. Yes! I said, he's able. I said, he's able. I said, he's able. Won't he save you? I said, he's able. Won't he deliver you? I said, he's able. Won't he set you free? I said, he's able. He's able. He's able. He's able. to shake somebody's hand tell a neighbor whatever you need he can supply he'll set you free he'll bless your life he'll open doors that no man can close he's able say yeah yeah say yeah 
Hallelujah. I've been redeemed. I am redeemed. Bought with a price. Jesus has changed my whole life. If anybody asks you who I am, tell them I am redeemed. Give me one more minute. Get the hell!